What's up and welcome to Party Invite, where we invite you to a gaming community of inclusiveness and diversity. Your party members today are Thomas Egan. Hello. Carlos Gomez. Hey, hey, hey. Debbie Hill. Hi. And I am your party leader, Chris Mowry. On today's episode, it's Debbie Appreciation Day. So we'll be chatting her. We'll be chatting with her about all the exciting stuff she has going on and a bit of her uh, past in gaming. But first, let's dive into what we've been playing. Thomas, what have you been getting into? Chris, you know what it is. Uh, I have just finished. It's your boy. Undertale. It's your boy. <laughs> I have just finished Undertale for the third and final time. Um, it was very exciting. I just uh, I finished it after. Well, so I was playing through the No Mercy run, right? I've been playing the brunch special on Saturdays and Sundays, uh, basically for the past month. And uh, Undertale is an amazing game. I love that game in my top five for sure. Uh, you you play through that game and you can play as totally good, neutral, or totally bad. And so the only one I hadn't done yet was totally bad. That was totally sad. <laughs> it was <laughs> heartbreaking to just murder all these wonderful characters. It was it was rough, man. Uh, especially like the first session I had. Um, I won't go like super far into it, but man, it, it really, it's wild how much detail went into that game. It is so thoughtful. It's so well designed. Uh, it's, it looks like such a simple game, but so many of the little touches are what really sell that thing. Um, so among other things, I finally got to hear Megalovania, um, which is the most popular song from that game. It only plays when you fight Sans, the best character in the game um and so we got to hear like four and a half hours of that because i died <laughs> to him a million times it was crazy <laughs> difficult um easily the hardest thing in the game but uh the nice thing about that is that you don't end up at that that part by accident like you have to do a lot of things on purpose to get to that fight um so it was nice to to finally seen the last bit of that game that I had never seen. I finally got to hear that song in its, you know, natural habitat instead of just on Spotify. And I uh, really enjoyed it. I cannot recommend that game enough. It's on Game Pass right now. It just came out on Game Pass maybe two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. uh, it's available on PlayStation. I'm pretty sure it's on Switch. Uh, it's on PC. Um, it's a cool game. So... I really enjoyed that, and then uh, I've just been playing Hades. I don't have a lot to say about that, except the game's also really good. Uh, it's yes. the game that keeps on giving, and after talking to a friend in Discord be right before recording, uh, it sounds like it's never going to stop <laughs> continuing. Like, the, the things that are blowing me away right now, where it just keeps surprising me, apparently there's no end to that in sight. So, uh, <laughs> I, man... For as much as I love this game, I'm so excited that it's not like it is a roguelike, right? So like, yeah. uh, it's fresh every time, but you're seeing a lot of the same stuff. But I've never had a game like this feel like um, there's still there's always forward progression. Like I'm always seeing new things. Like and not just like oh, what are the odds that all of these mechanics would come together in this weird, interesting way? 
like a game like Spelunky or Into the Breach. Um, instead, it's interesting because they're constantly new dialogue. Uh, like you never hear anybody say the same thing twice ever. Um, I have new combinations of of weapons and abilities all the time. Uh, just a bunch of stuff like that. So I love that game, and I love how much I'm getting out of it, and I'm excited for how much I'm still uh, going to get out of it ahead of me. So that's what I've been playing. Nice. Uh, speaking of games that are very good, Carlos, uh, you have been playing Hyperlight Drifter. Uh, yeah, just a little bit. I will be getting really into it this week, I'm sure. Um, as I, I showed you guys last week when I got the uh, the special edition physical copy of Hyperlight Drifter for Switch uh, that just released last week, and it's so good. Uh, the game itself, though, obviously, uh, a lot of people have played it. It's uh, nothing new, but it is one of those, uh, it is one of those games that has paved the way for something like Hades over the last few years. Um, so I really can't wait to complete it. That's that's just going to be a couple marathon days and done. Uh, I look forward to that. <laughs> uh, how um, how far are you? Or how much have you played? Literally like forty five minutes. Okay. Nothing crazy. Yeah. Um, I, 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 in that, that's one of my favorite games ever. Uh, mm -hmm. But there's like so many times in that game where I would, like after I killed all the enemies in the area, I would just sit there and look at the screen because it's really great pixel art and then just listen mm -hmm. to the soundtrack. Like just, and yeah. take in all the visuals and the soundtrack. Um, there's a, there's a water area that you get to where the, the, the way that the soundtrack and the like uh, visuals of that area like tie together is just like, mwah, chef's kiss. Mm -hmm. <laughs> I mean, water zones usually have like a reputation for having like the most beautiful environments and music. You know, yeah, like true. look at Dire Dire oh, Docks true. and SM64. That's like the one that started it all. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, no, actually, Aquatic Ambience from Donkey Kong Country. Yeah. Um, I don't know the actual name of the level, but the 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 song is called Aquatic Ambience. <laughs> uh, to to illustrate how pervasive that was, uh, Donald Glover as Childish Gambino like famously sampled Aquatic Ambience in one of his like early like pre Childish Gambino songs, and he didn't even know it was Donkey Kong. He just heard a cool sample online and was just like, oh, I'm using this. Yeah, that's awesome. No, uh, but yeah, Car I can't wait for you to play more of that, Carlos, because we'll have. A lot to talk about i feel like um oh yeah i'm sure i'll have a full review and uh it's it's already one of those things that just just going through that first 45 minutes or so um i'm seeing it i'm seeing bits of it in all the other indie games that i've played over the last couple of years um like i i played through a run of uh the moon hunters on switch a few weeks back uh which i was me i was meaning to tell you guys that uh, you should hop on at some point, because Moon Hunters is, I think it's up to four players, uh, and it's very, a very fun, uh, almost soothing, very hyperlight drifter-ish game, uh, roguelike um, that has all this has all this mythology, this lore, and you're just these uh, different. I don't know how to say it. They're they're very Greek inspired characters that uh they're kind of part of a faction of people that are uh very spiritual uh they have all these like 
animals that they that they are kin to. Um, just this really very cool uh, story that's mixed with the Hyperlight Drifter style of combat, uh, and it's super satisfying. Um, but that, along with a countless number of indies that I've played over the past couple of years, uh, it's just like, wow, <laughs> uh, this this may not have been the absolute first, but just like everything else we're seeing here, like Undertale, Hyperlight Drifter, uh, I saw a video earlier today where um, Axiom Verge 2, some more information was released. And I'm, I'm just thinking about all this stuff that's coming back around for sequels right now. Mm. Um, there's another Isaac, uh, birth, Birthing of Isaac coming out. It's just like, it, it's crazy. We're, we're in the, the second renaissance of Indies and it feels really nice. Yeah. yeah. Can I just say that we're getting more information about Axiom Verge 2 than we are about Metroid Prime 4? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah, a game with one developer. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then uh, with that, uh, the other game I'm starting to play up was uh, The Mummy Demastered. Some people know about it. Um, it came out uh, late 2017. Uh, it was a movie tie-in, technically, for the uh, horror yeah, movie. Yeah, what? Maybe the weirdest <laughs> video game tie-in I've ever heard of. Yeah. Like, yeah. I've seen the game, haven't played it, but like when I listened to coverage of it, I had to skip back to, mm -hmm. to re-listen because I was like, no, 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 surely I un I misunderstood. <laughs> surely. It, I mean, it's really funny. It does it does feel like a tie-in when you're playing it, but it is quality. It's um, It feels very much like the non-arcade version of Metal Slug. So... It's fun. Yeah. Um, it has a really good soundtrack. I remember it does. Um, listening to that because all the giant bomb guys like would not stop talking about it. <laughs> <laughs> they were just like, Mommy Demastered. Like, I know this sounds crazy and I know this sounds weird, but that mm -hmm. soundtrack bangs. Uh, and then, of course, when they do the game of the year uh, ones, you actually get to hear bits of it. And I was like, mm -hmm. damn, this is good. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's just it's a constant beat that just keeps you going. Like it, it very much feels like a just a little bit of contra, and a little bit uh, of basically any kind of side scrolling shooter. Uh, I think it's it's supposed to get a little bit more complicated with the whole death mechanic, sort of uh, Dead Cells style uh, death mechanic. But hmm. I hadn't died yet when I was playing it, so. so. Problem. So I'll I'll come back to that later. I'm sure. Competitive Carlos. Um, that's right. That's that's what's coming out this week. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, of course, because it's the last week of March, I I'm still playing more Mario 35, and so many people are playing it right now that it's getting so fucking hard, ridiculously hard. I yeah. played I think four or five games last night. Uh, my best was sixth place out of 35, and that was like I was sweating at the end of it. <laughs> um, Battle Royale fever! Like, I was so mad uh, just playing a freaking Mario game. It was ridiculous because um, you guys need to get into it on these last few days. But it was one of those situations where, uh, just like Tetris 99, um, one of the major components of the game is that not only are you playing your playing yourself, but uh, you have to, you know, not have any kind of errors. You're racing a clock and you're racing 34 other people and they can send enemies to your screen. 
Which seems like once it starts escalating, it gets out of hand pretty quick, pretty fast. I was target yeah. so like you can see who's targeting you, and I was targeted by at least eight people. It was, I know it was eight people, but that's because I couldn't even look at all the people around me on the screen, <laughs> because I had, no kidding you. Okay, so all the Mario enemies and stuff, right? One of my major deaths, there were six Lakitus. So Lakitus are the guys in the clouds that throw the spiky, the spiky dudes at you. Six Lakitus, okay, and they were divided upon three levels. First level was basically equal with me. The second level was right above me, and then the third level <laughs> was uh, was at the very top of the screen. And so they would drop their their spinies, and it would just be an impossible cloud of enemies falling down on me. It's raining spikes. <laughs> And and that's not even to mention that <laughs> one of my deaths, uh, it was at the same time, uh, these Lakitus were doing it. I had no less than 12 to 15 Goombas on screen, and there were two Bowsers, one behind me and one in front of me. And they were just going all out. It was full tilt, and it is so hard when all these people are playing, but it was super fun. I have a question. You've got to play it. I have a question yeah. about this. When when there's that much stuff going on on your screen, and <laughs> and you're connected with, uh, however many other players, mm -hmm. does it chug or like, any of that at all? No, 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 not at all. Nope. No, the, but it's the experience, yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's it's very smooth, and the, I think the only thing that has made it at all taxing, is uh the pal blocks, when there's that many enemies on screen, the pal block when it hits. It's more. I think it's There's more like a of a, what it does for you, like what it does to you visually, less than it is actual performance-wise. Yeah. But as you know, what a, a pow block does, you know, it shakes the whole screen and everybody dies. So, um, I, I think it's more of just the the visual than the system freaking out about it. But gotcha. yeah, it's stupid smooth. You would never expect that that a game could could work as well as it does. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean half, issues, but... like half the time that you die, it's still the the old classic of of holding down B and and thinking that you're gonna jump farther than you do. Like <laughs> that's still <laughs> ninety percent of your deaths is still doing that, <laughs> regardless. So I think I'd be terrible at this, but um, <laughs> yeah. I gotta I gotta take uh, platformers at my own speed sometimes. Um, <laughs> Yeah, so just yeah, just like try it on somebody's switch in the next six days. Uh, well, that's probably for not sure. I mean, happen. so you unfortunately, the game isn't going <laughs> away, is it? Yeah, it's going yeah. away. You won't be able to access it anymore. Oh, I thought you wouldn't as be far able to buy it told. anymore. That's the what? other one. That's the yeah. other Mario oh, bundle. Heck. Yeah, that's the other one. Mm -hmm. Dang it! Uh, 3D All Stars, the one that I bought yesterday because that's happening. That's right. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Well, I guess I'll get on it. <laughs> Yeah, you got to try. Yeah. You have limited time to try it now, so you have to. It's like this yep. is going away. I got to try it. It's a crazy time for sure. Um, Devi, what have you been playing? Uh, well, you know, just some same old, same old. Um, I've been getting back into Road Company a lot more recently. Uh, we played last night, Carlos and I, and it was a lot of fun. Even though we kept getting a bunch of newbies for some reason, I don't know where they're coming from. Like out of the woodwork or something. I'm not really <laughs> sure. But we had people like levels twos and fives and like all this stuff. And we opted not to have any in-game communication going because the last time we did, we did that, it was like two 
sub nine-year-olds screeching into the microphone and it was like the most awful thing in the world because you can't mute anybody so you have to either have voice chat on or off and so this time we were just like (laughs) let's have it off because we don't because i was streaming and i didn't want to have to deal with that you know on my stream right right um so it's not like we could tell people what to do explicitly but we were still pinging and nobody was using their skills we had intel characters who weren't providing us information we had um point breakers who weren't using their abilities to like create openings for us to take the objective like it was crazy um but you know they pull through sometimes (laughs) have you guys sometimes have you guys experienced any issues uh with grouping up with people uh where what do you mean so uh a few of my friends we have basically like a a full four-team squad and depending on who sends the invites like certain player certain people will get back an error code saying they couldn't join or uh, something like that, and it's only when we start getting above two people in the uh, in the party. Um, it's just really odd, and it happens. It's happening regularly, uh, regularly now. I can't talk. Uh, I don't have an issue um, at all, Carlos. I, I think that invites are still a little funny sometimes, but um, I, I also don't understand. I, I like, don't th- think that there's a sure problem anymore. Yeah, there's. Uh, I also just don't understand why I can't just like click on a friend and, and like join their lobby. You know, it's like you have to send an invite. Like a workaround for that is that if that's having issues, is just having a button that allows me just to join up into their lobby. Uh, it's only it's only invites. Um, but this did just come out of early access, right? Like semi recently. Like a month or something ago. Relatively. Yeah. yeah. It's it's definitely a lot cleaner than it was even. Like forty-five oh, for days sure. ago, yeah. <laughs> for sure. For one thing, party chat actually works. So. Yes, yes, it does. <laughs> um, Helps a little bit. <laughs> it does. Uh, but yeah, I've, I've been. I haven't been able to play any of that this week, but I'm very much enjoying my time at Rogue Company. Yeah, we see you picking it up recently. Like that's crazy to me because you were just kind of not as gung ho about it in the past, and now you're just like so Roco. <laughs> yeah. Roco? Well, it was yeah. like I think it has to do with like. It coming out of early access and being like, hey, this makes more sense now. You're getting more um, rep to spend on characters. You're earning money easier, it seems like. It just seems like they're giving, there's a carrot, you know, to be chasing. Um, mm-hmm. Which in a free game like that, you have you have to have that. If you don't have that, I don't know. I'm still confused on why they launched early access without any sort of battle pass or anything. Um I know it's early access and they're just like testing, but that's yeah. That's in, weird. Uh, in Hearthstone, the battlegrounds game, which is basically auto chess, like it's an auto battler with these minions you recruit. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's still technically in beta. It's been in beta for like I don't know, at least a year, like probably a year and a half. But the confusing thing about that is that uh, the bat they switched over to a battle pass system recently. Um, which people were very upset about, but uh, one of the perks is that when you go into Battlegrounds, when you choose like a hero who has a special power, you get to choose from four heroes instead of just two. Um, but that's confusing me because it's in beta. Like, part of the Battle Pass paid content is part of the beta content. Like, is this a beta or is it out? Yeah. Like, what are we doing here? So I don't know. The mode's sure. fun. I mean, I'm not complaining about that. It's just a little confusing. I don't really see where the line is between what they think a beta is <laughs> and 
not. Like, what? <laughs> what's going to happen? I don't know. It's confusing, but it doesn't actually matter that much. <laughs> yeah, battle passes just... in beta are, like, really weird. Like, when I played Pokemon Unite and also in uh, Knockout City, um, both games that will be coming out to the Switch uh, relatively soon. Super really excited about those. Um, they both had their battle pass systems implemented, but um, they gave you all the currency that you needed, like, right away. So, basically, it was nice. a way to test out um, your different builds or your different costumes or, you know, basically build how you wanted to play right off the bat so you can they could more easily gauge the kind of balance that they need to be tweaking and working on. Um, so I think in that sense, if you have a battle pass in like your early access or your beta or whatever, give people the tools to actually explore that so that you have the ability to garner the information and use that to help you develop your game. Yeah. Don't just be like, we're having a battle pass and that's it, you know. Use it to test your economy, you know. Are people earning their in-game currency at a good rate or do you find them um purchasing the premium account or the premium currency like in unite they had like all these different currencies that you can earn one of which was just by playing the game and the other one um is gems but in the beta they just gave you a whole bunch of gems so that if you wanted to use the premium currency you could so in that way people are like or they could be like are you using the income currency or using the gems more do is this something that we need to tweak so they earn more or whatever um i just thought that was really smart so when you're talking about the battle pass that you're facing, Thomas and Hearthstone, um, just seems kind of weird to me. Like if you're able to actually buy beta items uh, in a battle pass with real money, I, I don't know how that, I think that rubs me the wrong way. Especially yeah. because we don't know if those items are going to be staying around. I mean, like right. what if the items are broken or Blizzard, whatever. right. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. 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 It's, it's <laughs> I think the battle pass is about to cycle over because there's, there's a new season that may have started today, actually. Um, and or not even a new season, like a new expansion. Mm -hmm. uh, either it's out today or they're like, it was the pre-patch and it's about to release. I don't know. I don't even pay attention. Uh, I just play the game and I'm just always surprised when anything changes. But uh, yeah, it's it, it's a weird system they've got going on in there. Um, it's not worth me going into, but it is confusing and people had a lot of negative opinions about it. Like even for a, even for a battle pass, and even for Blizzard, I was still surprised how upset people were. And I don't think it was unwarranted, but the whole situation is really unusual, and uh, it is a testament to how sensitive people are to paid content like that. I mean, developers and publishers are just doing. It. Well, I'll obviously take the blame off the developers, but publishers are still. Uh, putting so much out there i think they're just they're just getting so desperate right now and i mean what i think it's uh genshin just released that they hit over a billion um and that's at least the fifth or sixth franchise that has gotten a billion from from strictly mobile sale uh mobile um gotcha type mechanics so we can look forward to this for a long time <laughs> yay <laughs> yeah um, speaking of a new season, though, uh, Ninjala just came out with their season five. It is entirely based around um, fairy tales. So nice. Rapunzel, awesome. Princess Kaguya, um, Little Red Riding Hood, and like all these other, you know, fairy tale beings, I suppose, and uh, stories. Last season was about just winter, and the season before that was dragons. 
So it's really interesting to see the direction that they're taking with this one, especially because they released long flowing hair, which I've been waiting for <laughs> since season one. Now I can truly Does it look myself. like yours? <laughs> um, there's some braids and flowers in it, but you know, we can work with it. Because <laughs> it's, you know, it's Rapunzel's hair, so. Right. Oh, okay. um, yeah. It's so nice. Uh, but the battle pass, uh, they, they made a lot of really, really good decisions when it comes to this season's battle pass. Um, because in the past, it was kind of like thematic between like, oh, this is the actual theme. And then, oh, this is something else that's happening in real life. So last one, it was like dragons and stuff, but also for some reason, Christmas. Um, because it was also coming, it was coming out during the holiday season. So after that, we had winter, which didn't have any of the Christmas stuff in it at all. I think I had like a happy new year thing in it, but this is just all um, fantasy, which is so much fun. Um, and like just some ninja elements, which is fine because it's a ninja game. But I'm really excited wait, about the season. Wait, back that up. What? Are there ninjas? Did in you this not game? know? Yeah. Ninjala. <laughs> yeah, let me write this down. <laughs> I don't have the clickety clack that Debbie's got. Now I was wondering, did the bubble gum change to something else for this expansion? What do you mean? Like, did, are the are the weapons changing, or is it just the cosmetics of? of well, they do um, have three new weapons now. They have a new yo-yo type weapon. They have a new katana type weapon, which is a paper fan, and it's the one that I've fallen in love with. All the, like just already, because you know, fan. I right. got a fan off the <laughs> yep. fan off the hater. Mm -hmm. Um, and they come up with a new hammer that's basically built up ge uh, gears. So that's really cool. Nice. They have every time they come up with a new weapon, um, just a new weapon, not a new weapon class, which is what they've done in the past. It has a new assortment of uh, special abilities, or not special abilities, but like skills and um, ultimates. So they'll have their inherent special ability, but it's going to be like a new gumshoot projectile or a new um, ninjutsu ultimate ability. So the way that they're kind of like mixing these around and coming up with different kits for people really allows for people to find their one weapon that they can use that fits their playstyle like perfectly, and then also experiment with others comfortably within their same realm of playstyle. Um, so that's going to be really interesting to see how the meta evolves with these new weapons, I think. Cool. But yeah, that's, that's it. That's what <laughs> I'm playing. Ninjala. <laughs> Ninjala. You know, I got to represent because, uh, you know, being an ambassador and whatnot. <clears throat> oh, we'll get it into was good that watching, uh, soon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it was good watching the, the tournament the other day just to see how many people were excited about it. Uh, just seeing the numbers and everything, it was very, very cool. Because um, obviously they they've put so much into the uh, competitive scene with Ninjala, but uh, I didn't exactly know what to expect. But seeing the games through and seeing all the fans in chat, like Jesus, the chat is ridiculous. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. it's one of those well, things that the... you just can't keep up and you don't try. <laughs> the thing is too is that the one the BBB, which we'll talk about later, um, in depth, is the first officially sanctioned North American Ninjala tournament. Um, the other stuff that I've been playing with the ENL, the Elite Ninjala League, that was all community run. Uh, so this was the very first one that was actually sponsored and sanctioned by Gung Ho Studios, and it was kind of experimental in format and scope and with it being such a resounding success i would not be surprised if we had like this one was a battle royale format and i wouldn't be surprised if we come out with like a team battle win um sometime within the next year or something like that i mean don't put that don't put my 
name on that or whatever you say, however you say it. But like, I wouldn't be surprised. It was really successful. I think that we, we as in Gung Ho, were like really blown away by the turnout. Um, I'm Great. looking forward to seeing how it evolves, though, for real. Yeah, I can't. That's, I can't uh, wait to dig into more of this because uh, you got a lot of exciting stuff going on. So, um, I've been well. I haven't been playing much of anything this week. It's been just one of those weeks where all of a sudden I look around and I'm like, D "Have I played video games at all this week?" Uh, I've just been <laughs> there's been so much going on. Uh, but I started playing Empire of Sin, uh, which is on Game Pass. Um, it is a like strategy game, um, sim game about uh, uh, like the mob. Uh, so what I would describe it as is it's like Civ because uh, you have all these different characters you can start off as. And XCOM had a baby, but that baby grew up with a stogie and like a fedora on and he just loves the mob um, so it's boss baby got it's it it's boss baby <laughs> yeah. oh. um but it is like it is like way deeper into the sim aspect than i guess i expected like once i saw combat and stuff i was like oh cool it's like XCOM, and but you're doing mob stuff that sounds fun you can swap out your gear your characters are in traits you can level up these characters all those kind of things but then like there's all these, there's just more and more layers. It's like, you got to take over rackets. So you, you go in, complete a combat situation. Then you take over the speakeasy. And you could name your speakeasy. You can upgrade the security at your speakeasy. Because maybe another uh, family from an, another neighborhood comes in and starts trying to take over your stuff. So you have to, there's... You're just, it is spinning plates. There are so many spinning plates. And I, I don't play a ton of like the sim heavy games. So when it gives me a menu just for my finances and all of those things, I'm like, whoa, what? What do I do <laughs> what here? Do I, what, do I do? what am I supposed to do? <laughs> what happens if I don't have enough money? What happens? Like, wait, all this costs money to keep running? But then, and then there's like factions of people, and the factions are like the police and the prohibition agents, and all these people. You have like, and there's other factions, there's other families that you can have these relationships with. That has its own menu and has four different tabs in it. And like, it is just, it is a lot. <laughs> and um, it's so just, it's I, a time. My first question is are you enjoying it? Not at all. I think so. Uh, <laughs> I'm pretty sure I'm enjoying okay. it. I'm sticking with it, uh, at least for, you know, a couple more days because there's so many games coming out. Um, but it's... Yeah, it well, you, like gotta, you gotta. For the family. For the fa it's for the family. <laughs> for the family. <laughs> for the family. Uh, so when you, when you start off, the way, way I say it's like Civ is because like you could be like Gandhi or whatever in Civ, right? Or, you know, you have all these different characters that have their own uh, benefits and stuff. Right when you start, you get to pick your your boss. And there is, like, ten of them. All different races, um, nationalities. Like, it's 
it's interesting. And each one of them has their own, like, because they're like basically XCOM characters. So one of like the character that I am, uh, he's, he's awesome. He's an African-American mortician who has a top hat, always wearing a suit. And he has this, he, he does pistol work, which is, uh, since I've been playing secret in rogue company, I'm a big fan of pistol work lately. Um, so his like ability, his special ability is it takes two action points and he can just unload his entire pistol and you can upgrade that pistol. Like it could be a, a rare pistol or a, there's, there's, uh, item rarity and stuff too. So like you start off and it's like a five shot pistol, right? But then I swap that for an 11 shot pistol and his ability is he will just unload his pistol. If it's fully loaded, he'll just unload it into somebody. And if they die, he will move on to the next character until his clip is gone. Uh, and the next enemy. I'm like, that's a great ability. I love that. That is so good. Um, there's just, and, and there's so many different types of, of these um, mob bosses that, and their stories are different. So like the idea I'm assuming is to take over the entire city as one character and then win the game, start over with a new character where their story is different and their missions are different. Um, it's fascinatingly deep. Like I, I, I just wasn't kind of expecting like XCOM is a pretty deep game, but like once you get, get it, it's like, you're just flying through it. Um, yeah. Whereas this one, it's like, there's a lot, I'm reading a lot. Uh, and they're like, when they get you into one of these new menus, they're like, take a look around and figure out what this is. Like, don't just get out of this menu. So I'm like sitting there scanning over every little thing. And I'm just like, this is a lot to take in. It's almost like you're, it's like a Sim City esque thing where you're, you start taking over different parts. And then there's like, I'm only in one neighborhood right now. And my goal right now is to take over that one neighborhood. I think the mission is I have to have up to five rackets, which are, you know, a speakeasy. You can have a brewery, you can have, a brothel, like, you know, mob stuff, casino. Um, and each one of those you have to upgrade with security and all these things. But what was interesting, too, is they said that the the feds could shut down my brewery. So if, like, I don't have, like, a good rapport with the cops, they'll just, like, start shutting down my businesses and stuff. So <laughs> I'm, I'm wondering, like, Am I going to play this for like 10 hours and then just like the game just starts really messing, like the sim aspects of the game really and mechanics start really fucking with me. And then I'm like, my brewery's gone. My, my safe house has been ransacked by a, by another family. Like there's, it's, there is like deep, deep layers here that are like kind of freaky. You can't be afraid to, to take over the town because you're afraid you might lose it. You know, right. You yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can keep this place. Yeah. <laughs> um, it just little did you know that your your mob boss is uh, a roller coaster tycoon. Um, <laughs> yeah. And you might also like have tycoon. to. Uh, you might also have to start, you know, generating some income by creating dinosaurs on a park. Like, yes. Uh, I, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Jurassic. It's evolution. probably an option. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, there's no Jeff Goldblum in this though, which is unfortunate. Um, but I am wondering because one of the bosses you can be is Al Capone. Um, I'm wondering if all of the bosses are after real people, similar to like Civilization. 
Um, I need That'd to be cool. I need to look that up and see because that that would give another like interesting layer to it. Um, they also mentioned something to me earlier that I could eventually have an underboss, which I'm wondering if I get to pick another one of those bosses to be like the under, which I think would be cool because oh, now you would have two like specialized characters that, um, and each character has relationships with other characters you can hire. And like maybe Yo, Chris, we, you gotta show so us this much. game. Like you gotta, yeah, I, I need to lot. see this in action because. Actually, yeah, we we should have some gameplay. Yeah, I think uh, I think a QTE or and a stream or something would be great because it's. And I almost feel like I have to start at the beginning and just be like, hey, so this is how this works because <laughs> otherwise I can't tell you how it works because there's just too much going on. <laughs> It's like many, so this many is the game. Everything is happening all at once, and yeah, that's it. You know. Well, basically, <laughs> what I I know from your history, uh, you know, just of knowing you for a while and and the kind of games and stuff you like. I mean, the fact that you're interested enough to stick with it means that there's something special in there. Uh, yeah, there's because... it's not perfect. Like, it's it's an indie. It's an indie. So, like, some of the character models in cuts in cutscenes. Uh, where you get to like pick what you say to people, but it doesn't seem to affect anything really. Uh, like you may have like a, like three choices at the end of the conversation that are like, pull your gun, like try to get this person to come over to your side, or those kind of things. Um, those those seem different. They those well, seem those, very different. <laughs> so those are, but it doesn't like in the first like cutscene that I was in, it wasn't like that. It was like it seemed like no matter what you picked, you always ended up at the same place. So oh. now that I out of that first one, it, it's kind of changing, but I don't know to what extent, right? Because I've only played it for a couple hours. I see. Um, but yeah, it's it's um, it's just a lot. It's really hard to like I, I I like I was saying the the characters don't look very good at some points. Like when you're in the overworld, everything's fine, but when you're in the cutscenes, they can sometimes look a little. Like, oh, that's yeah. when they're talking, you know? And you're just like, that's not how a jaw works. Um, but, like, as long <laughs> as you're just, if you're just, like, listening to them, the voice acting's fine. There is, like, a really weird, when you're in combat, and maybe I could turn this off, too. This might be in the settings. Uh, it's It gets, like, uber violent for, for like, no reason. Uh, there's, when people, you can shoot people and they go down and you have to execute them. Uh, in order for them to die, or they'll bleed, they'll just bleed out, or you can execute them. Um, and when you execute them, certain characters have like special executions. Um, but like the main one you do for like your underlings, they like pull out a like sh a razor, like an old time razor for shaving, and they like walk up and slit the person's throat. And when they do that, oh my god! And when they do that, it just like throws up like blood splatter on the screen. But it just, like, appears, <laughs> like, as a graphic, like, overlay, you know? Oh, no. And it looks tacky and bad. And it's, like, who thought, like, <laughs> if you just walked up and slit their throat, there's enough, like, blood in that part of the game, that part, that you don't need to have this stupid splatter over the top of the screen. Like, you don't need that. We got Are, are we you wanted. telling me you knew that that's what would happen if somebody did that? That's, no, mm, I was, no. I didn't know it was going to happen. So, like, when I walked up and, like, slit, I was, like, oh. And then it went... I was like, why? We don't need that. Nice. It's too much and doesn't look good. It's not like it's just it just looks like they just it's a JPEG file that just appears when you like, you know <laughs> what I mean? Like it just doesn't look very good. Uh, I'm sure I've, in computer games, you can mess with a lot of settings and maybe I could just make that disappear. 
Um, so that doesn't happen when I execute people. But that's just like kind of a minor gripe, I guess. But it, it seems to be very well done. It's by Paradox Interactive is the people that released it. And they're known for these like super sim heavy games. Um, but yeah, it's cool. I'll, I'll probably stick with it for a little bit. But like I said, there is... I got to get back into Disco uh, here in a few days. Uh, it Takes Two comes out tomorrow. So there's just a lot. Um, like I've, I, I downloaded the Magic Legends beta. I want to try that out. Uh, there's just too much to play right now. No, yeah, next week's pod is going to be fucking ridiculous if we talk about what we're all going to be playing. Yeah, if we yeah. If, and if we just all saying. have time to play all those things because there's so there's just a lot. There's so much because you Monster Hunter comes out tomorrow too, right? That's correct. As of this recording. As of this recording. Wow. It'll be out, and uh, we will have slept on many a many a monster hunting expedition for sure. Yes. Slept? No, no. no, no. I, I mean, after, after I, I don't even know anymore. No <laughs> what sleep. A sleep. No sleep. <laughs> <laughs> uh. So for this week's party topic, we will be interviewing our very own Devin O'Hill. So me. <laughs> party invite thing here for about five months now and debbie i met you some handful of years ago i guess at this point um at, at some sort of gaming event probably at tap cave here in kansas city r.i.p rip um, oh um shoot wasn't that a t3 well you always say that we met at t3 but i never went to t3 so uh let's actually dial it back i want to hear <laughs> Your story, like, I want to take it way back, right? So at the end of this, we'll get to the actual community questions that, uh, you know, people are going to be familiar with. But I kind of want to ask you about, like, what really got you started in gaming? Like, what, uh, you know, did you play a lot of games when you were younger? Like, what led you to be the gamer that you are today? Well, uh, it all started when I was a child. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I mean... So I was playing video games, uh, to answer your question, literally since I was like one year old. Mm -hmm. So I've been playing a really, really long time because I'm hella old now. Woo! Yeah. Yay, eight. <laughs> uh, it's just been, I don't know, always kind of like a lifestyle for me. Whenever I had any kind of downtime at all, um, I would always have something in my hands. In, when I, in like my younger days, it was the Game Gear. That was the one that I just took with me everywhere, the Sega Game Gear. Um, I would always play Sonic the Hedgehog one and two on it and um a game called slider which i think is probably my favorite game gear game uh besides dynamite heady um but it's basically it's it's you control this like yellow character and i know it's gonna sound a lot like pac-man but you control this <laughs> character, but instead of collecting dots your objective is to turn all of the panels of the floor from red to blue or blue to red i can't remember you change the color and so it's a puzzle in that you have to navigate in one go room or else if you handle like land on another tile again, it'll turn it back to that original color. So, and this was a game that I was playing when I was like super little and I, I don't know, it was just always really fun. The music was nice. The colors were like popping. Um, it was a good time. So just growing up where I can lose myself in these new worlds, these new environments and stuff, it's just always been kind of a thing i don't really know how it happened it's just dead 
Yeah. And I'm glad it did. I really don't know who I would be or where I'd be if I didn't have that. Did you mostly uh, play games by yourself, or did you play, uh, you know, did you play Mario Kart when you were younger? Did you uh, just play any other multiplayer? Or did you mostly stick to games either on your Game Gear or on any other system you had? Well, when I was staying with my dad, uh, my parents got divorced when I was really young. So when I stayed with my dad, I played on the NES. And he had games like, um, he had things that used the light scope. So my very first game that I've ever played was um, Hogan's Alley. That was the very first game I ever played. And then um, he also had a game called Operation Wolf, which is kind of like a side scroller that has a cursor on the screen. You aim with the light scope to, you know, take down like the military people. Um, and then he also had like the Duck Hunt and Mario combo, you know, that everyone knows and loves. He also had Tecmo Bowl, which I love. Uh, has a special place in my heart. That is da my dad and my use game um, is Tecmo Bowl. And then when I stayed with my mom, which is prominently, um, I live mostly with my mom. Um, we played a lot of Sonic the Hedgehog. She had a Genesis. And so we had Sonic the Hedgehog. We had um, like all three of them. And then we had um, a game called Valis, which is about a magical girl who falls into this alternate dream world. Um, we also had Golden Axe, you know, the staples. Mm -hmm. So um, I, would, I would play by myself, mostly on my Game Gear. Um, those are the single player experiences that I had. But when I was playing on console when I was younger, it'd be with my mom or my dad or my aunt. Okay, that's cool. Um, I feel like so many people's experiences are so similar with, uh, you know, I went over to my friend's place and played Goldeneye, you know, and Smash Bros. But I think that's just how people talk about it. But I think the reality is that people have so, like, such a wide variety of experiences growing up that, like, if you had five different things that you think of, but but everybody always talks about Goldeneye. You'll be like, oh yeah, I play Goldeneye, you know. Um, so it's interesting to hear you say um, that you'd mostly play multiplayer with your family. Uh, I, I told the story that one of my earliest gaming memories is is playing Super Mario Brothers with my extended family. Uh, that only happened a few times ever, but it really stuck with me. Um, and I feel like those like family gaming experiences, especially when they're not with like a brother or sister, but they're with a parent are uh, a little more rare, but they really seem to stick with people mm -hmm. um, really well. So that's interesting to hear. Uh, let's see. So you gamed with the, the Game Gear and the NES and the Genesis. Uh, what, what, what did you get after that? Did you get an N64? I know at some point you got the GameCube. Um, well, I have every Nintendo system, so that. <laughs> Check it out. Um, I mean, you know, main console. I don't have, like, the Virtual Boy or whatever. Um, and I only have a couple of the handhelds, but like console releases, I have like all of those. So, um, the one that I, the NES that I actually have is my childhood one that I played with my dad. So that's, it's fun to go into the living room. Cause I have like it all set up over there and like see that and be like, oh, daddy, you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> um, I kind of fell out of the Sega console as I was growing up, you know, they came out with like the Sega Saturn and the second CD and everything. And none of that really interested me. Um, but then they came out with the Dreamcast, and oh my gosh, I fell in love with the Dreamcast. Power Stone, Sonic Adventure, Sonic Shuffle, which is like Mario Party, but with Sonic, and instead of dice, you use cards, and just the modelry is such a thing in that game. Like, I don't know if you've ever seen the videos where people make fun of, like, the way that people, like, the characters talk in the old Sonic Adventure games. It's kind of atrocious. Like, it's a whole yeah. movie. <laughs> 
And so the Dreamcast is kind of responsible for introducing us to like that memory. And Sonic Shuffle is like the brunt of those horrible animations. <laughs> it's so much fun. But the games, the minigames themselves and the storyline was actually pretty solid. You know, more so than any Mario Party game that I know of. So it's it's a give and take as far as that goes. Um, but no, I pretty much grew up with Nintendo. Uh, PlayStation was a thing in my house as well. I only have my PS3 and 4 now. Uh, I accidentally drowned my PS1, by which I mean the very small scale PS1, um, the rounder one, mm-hmm. in soda. No! Because, yeah, yeah. Something very funny happened on TV, and like I had a mouthful of soda. It was just like, <laughs> and then I set down my glass of soda to like you know wipe it up, and in my fervor, I knocked the glass of soda onto the PS1. So it was already covered in soda, and then there was more soda on top of that, and it was just like, there's no salvaging it now. There's no recovery there. I, no. I the rice, I took it out of the rice, and it was just like <laughs> so sticky. It wouldn't even open, and the buttons wouldn't even press. I was just like, well, here's a funeral. <laughs> It's you're the like, last time I would hear the the cling, 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 you know. <laughs> this this system was good before, but now it's popping. Uh. <clears throat> all right, well that's gonna do it for today's show. Uh, we all have to go uh, and just um, end this. <laughs> no, so uh, better thing. Okay, so Debbie, when you got older, so of course, uh, you once upon a time party invite used to be GG Kansas City, sort of. Uh, which was like, you know, we're still a positive gaming community that's all based in Kansas City right now, but we used to be like solely focused on Kansas City gaming. Um, My old team members, they met you at T3, which was the uh, barcade, not not barcade, but a uh, barcade, an arcade bar that was in, well, in Kansas City. Um, How did you, tell me more about that, because uh that used to see it seems like it used to be a real staple around kent city there were only a few like pillars of the gaming community as far as like businesses went there's probably t3 there was uh so pro um you know when, nobody knew about this but in the summit where i grew up there was a place called Roxors, an uh, internet cafe that did not last very long R- not with a name like that i mean <laughs> yeah uh, r-o-x-x-o-r-z Mm-hmm. R.I.P. R.I.P. <laughs> um, Press yeah, but there, were just, there were just a few long-standing uh, gaming businesses, and T3 was one of them. Well, actually, well, T3 and SoPro these days, they've been gone. Pandemic or not, they've been gone for a while now. Um, but how did you end up at T3? Well, how did you end up at T3, and how did you end up running game tournaments there? So um, when I went into T3 for the first time, I was actually working at SoPro, um, I'm pretty sure, because I worked at SoPro before I worked at T3. I forgot about that. And um, I worked at SoPro because I saw that they were going under construction, and I was like, oh, this looks interesting. I saw one of the owners, like, you know, reading a memo or something, and I was like, y'all hire me? <laughs> so um, I worked there for a while, and then T3 opened up, and I was like, oh, this is cool. It's like a barcade that's not, you know, across state line. I don't have to, like, drive... 20 minutes to go to Updown or whatever. I mean, I love Updown, but it was so far away, quote unquote, because I'm lazy. Um, <laughs> but now there's this other barcade that is literally five minutes away from my apartment. Let me go check it out. And um, the difference between all three of them is SoPro did have all of the modern consoles. They didn't have any of the arcade consoles, but it also had computers as well. So you can go there and do computer gaming, but it had no alcoholic beverages at all. 
Um, it was completely family family oriented. People went there with like their kids for like Minecraft camps and whatnot. Oh god. Um, and <laughs> up down, you know, it's just like more arcade focused. So they have the arcade cabinets and everything, and then also it's a bar. And T three, while it did have all the arcades there, um, it also had the modern consoles like the the Wii U at the time, um, and the PS4 and the Xbox One. And so I went in to go check it out because it was just, you know, hip hop happening. And they were running a Mario Kart tournament there for Mario Kart 8. And oh my God, this guy that was commentating the match was like so bored with life. I tell you, he was up in there like, okay, so Peach is in first now. Um, uh-oh, she got hit by a banana. Here comes Toad. Uh, and I'm like, what is this, a clear eyes commercial? Hello? <laughs> so I walk up to the bartender who just happened to be the manager at the time because um, he hadn't, it was like just open. So there were like, the, he, the manager was the bartending. He's also a chef there. And um, he, there was another bartender. So I just walk up to one of them and I was like, hey, who's this guy on the mic? He doesn't sound like he's having a good time. And uh, he was just like, oh, that's so-and-so, you know, he's doing this. And I was like, do you need any more of those? Because like, I'm down, you know? And he was just like, yeah, sure, why not? Why don't you come in for the Smash tournament? Because uh, previously I had gone in and played a Smash tournament there. Uh, but why don't you come in for the next Smash tournament and, um, you know, give a shot? So I went into the Smash tournament, which I think was the next day. Because on one day they had, like, Mario Kart, and then the next day they had Smash Bros. Um, until eventually we started doing Mortal Kombat and um, Tekken tournaments. So it would be, like, fighting game day, and then it would be, like, Nintendo day. So I went in the next day, and I went in... Um, Shoutcast at the Smash tournament there, and everybody like was having such a good time. They like stopped what they were doing on the arcades just to come over and watch the matches because they were interested in what I was saying about the matches. And um, the manager was there. Uh, his name's Bradley, who I call Dadley because he's like Daddy AF. Um, shout out to Bradley. <laughs> <laughs> he was there still, and he was like, "That was amazing. Do you like want to start like now?" And I was like, "Yeah, sure. Why not?" So I, I I did that thing. And when I wasn't shoutcasting tournaments, I was um kind of like maintenancing the, the arcade cabinets and doing barback stuff. So I wasn't just there, just shoutcasting. I also worked there like as a bar employee, which is different. So that was cool. But that's how, that's, that's how I'll be can. The legend was born. <laughs> I mean, the legend was already born. I just happened to be in a, <laughs> at a different place. <laughs> the legend just happened to walk into the building. Like. <laughs> uh, yeah, I, I told you the other day, I think it was off stream, but uh, each time they, you and my mom would be in the same room at Depcade when we'd have uh, an event. Every time you'd you'd usually show up, you'd see everybody, you'd hang out, and then you'd go, or my mom would have to go or whatever. But my mom would always say, she's like, I like her energy. Every time. I don't think she ever didn't say that. (laughs) Um, But she was right. She was right. And uh, I mean, the same reason I think people like listening to you shoutcast uh, is the same reason that uh, you've had a lot of the success that you see today, which I want to talk about. So um, you stream uh, regularly, irregularly on your on Twitch, <laughs> right? Uh, which is to say that you stream kind of whenever you feel like it. Yeah, yeah that's, a safe, that's a safe statement. <laughs> sometimes I, I look at my phone and I'm like, wait, does that say AM or PM? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Um, but you stream to a lot of people who are excited to watch you, uh, whether you're playing Ninjala or not. Um, but as a result, it's not really a shock that you've had such, uh, 
you know, your charisma is kind of shown through to get you a position as an ambassador for Ninjala, uh, which we have already talked about before. Uh, but I, I am interested in hearing about that. But I also want to learn more about the announcement that came out this week that you'll be teaming up with GGPR Esports. Yes, yes. So um, a bit after my ambassador highlight was released for uh, Gung Ho Studios, I was actually reached out to you by Jordan. And he was like, hey, do you have like a stream team? Like, are you part of a stream team at all? And I was like, no, 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 I'm not. He was like, okay, well, how about working with us? And I was like, oh, okay, say less. And so we kind of like negotiated everything that would be going down about that. Um, now, as far as I'm aware, um, they are really big in like the CSGO community. And that is not a game that I play. Um, if you go to their website, you'll see like all of the CSGO people. They're also really big in the Rainbow Six Siege, um, as far as I can tell. And um, they have like one Overwatch person. And so of those games, Overwatch is probably the one that I play. I mean, actually, I don't even play the other games. So yes, Overwatch is the game that I play on that list. So I'm not a part of any kind of like roster as far as like esports competition goes. Um, but he and I have talked about putting together a rogue company roster, like keeping an eye out for people who might be interested in that, um, which I would love because I love rogue company and I'm looking for more excuses to play it as uh, Carlos said earlier, you know, I want to get down. I'm down to clown on some Roko. Okay. <laughs> Same as Um, I've also really been interested in Cold War lately, which is so weird for me. Really? Um, I know, right? That um, is pretty really... weird for you. It's pretty fun. Uh, I mean, I, I played a little bit of it this year, and it's it's satisfying. It's 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 a satisfying shooter. Wow, Chris, you sound like that guy at T3. Uh, You're like this oh. is. This uh, <laughs> Call of Duty, Black Ops, Cold War, satisfying <laughs> mechanics. It feels good. Oh, he got to shot do... in the face again. Wow. It feels good to do the shoot, shoot. Boom, headshot. But I think most of that is coming from like the people that I'm watching play the game, um, who are a lot of local players here uh, in the area. And they have a good time playing it. I'm like, I'm going to have that good time too. So it really goes to show how important uh charisma is because one of them is actually just kind of okay at the game the other one's like really good at the game and um some people have been playing valorant too so it's gotten me interested in that it's like it's crazy how my gaming has evolved over the course of the of, of time because on my stream to circle back around you'll see a whole bunch of nintendo games i'm a variety streamer focused on nintendo and pc um but you're starting to see a lot more rogue company now and um spell break more of these like shooters battle royale type games as opposed to like my kitschy nintendo games of the past i'm playing more overwatch as well um and i think my audience is like kind of like getting used to that but they're not just they're not like taken aback or anything which i really appreciate because at first i thought i would be shoehorned into like you know the nintendo world which i don't have a problem with but also like i'm an adult so like i drink and stuff <laughs> <laughs> And like that is not always conducive to like um, a family-friendly environment. So I do have that mature filter on there. Um, so I'll be drinking like my water, quote unquote, but it's it's not water or your like, juice, you know. Yeah, right. It's, it's Bacardi. <laughs> 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 um, but they don't have to know that unless they listen to this podcast. <laughs> not secret. So. Yeah. Uh, what is it like then? So, if we could swing back to Ninjala, uh, could you give me a little bit more behind the scenes of what um, 
what that looks like from your perspective, not from uh, you know if I tuned into your switch or your Twitch and watched you play or checked your Twitter and saw some of the work that you've done like graphics wise or anything else with it. Um, but like from your perspective on the inside, what does that look like? I'm afraid I don't understand the question. What do you mean? So, uh, so Ninjal is obviously very new here in North America, right? Um, it, I think it was globally re released at the same day. But yes, it is fairly new. Okay. It came out in June. I'm pretty sure. June. Well, how did you reach a position where... Uh, well, now you have like an official position as an ambassador. Um, Ta-da! How did you get to that point? Did you just find Ninjala, like it, you streamed it enough that you got attention? Uh, did you reach out to the developer? Like, how did that get started? Um, well, actually, I go over a bit uh, about this in my ambassador highlight video, but uh, for those who aren't privy to that video, um, as soon as the game came out, like I saw the trailer for it during one of the Nintendo Directs, I think in March, um, because apparently it had been announced two years prior, right? It was announced in like 2017 or something like that at E3, um, which I was surprised to know. But then, you know, the trailer came out, I was like, I love this game, I need it in my life, I need all of it. And it came out in June. And um, I realized it was developed by Gung Ho, who I know is responsible for the mobile game Teppen, which is a Capcom card fighter. Um, one of our mutual friends, Mr. Devin himself, Devin Riley, happens to be an ambassador for Gung Ho uh, for Teppen. And I didn't know that until one day he like tweeted out something and I just happened to look at his bio and it said, ambassador for Teppen, Gung Ho. And I was like, <laughs> wait a minute. So I actually ended up DMing him on Twitter. And, you know, I still get to them DMs. Um, just like that. Um, for actual professional reasons. Um, unprofessional reasons, I'll have to wait until later. Sorry, Devin. Um, <laughs> I, uh, so I reached out to him uh, on Twitter and I was like, hey, how do I become an ambassador for Gung Ho? Um, I don't know if they have anything for Ninjali yet, but I want to represent this game. And he had directed me to someone who had then directed me to an application to fill out. And this had happened in July. And so, you know, until then, I didn't hear anything back from them. I didn't hear anything back from them. They said, if I didn't hear anything back for two weeks, reach out again. And I did. And so, like, you know, this is the roadmap for things like that. And I was like, okay. So I just, you know, streamed the game. I kept streaming it. I kept playing it. Um, and I kept talking about it. Come October, maybe? I don't know. It was the latter half of last year. Um, they announced, hey, we're doing Ninjala Ambassadors. Apply. And it was the same application that I had filled out, like, forever ago. And so I was just like, hey, you know, I did this thing, enter. <laughs> and uh, eventually they had just reached out. Uh, his name is Jamar. He was the one who reached out to me over Discord and was like, so I put your name in hat for ambassadorship because, like, you're cool and stuff. And I was like, oh, well, awesome. And then, like, a month later, they, like, officially onboarded me and everything and now an ambassador. Yay. That's but great. it's not the first time that I've ever been an ambassador for um, a studio. I was actually a brand ambassador for Nintendo. Um, like in 20, I don't know, like early 2010s or whatever, they had this event at Oak Park Mall. And I'm actually wearing a shirt from it. Um, it was like a Christmas event that they had there. It's like a seasonal event. And I worked there for them as a brand ambassador there too. Um, and I actually ended up putting that in my application uh, for Gung Ho, which is the reason I say that at all. Um, and, you know, it worked out. <laughs> yeah. I'd say. Well, cool. Uh, well, that is really exciting. Uh, I know that I don't use Twitter very often, but when I pop in on there, you're usually the first person I see. <laughs> <laughs> I, 
I talk a lot. I think I have over 13,000 tweets. The last check I checked. I, I talk a lot. <laughs> I don't have nearly as many like as many followers as necessitates that amount of tweets. But <laughs> we be out here talking. It's like food, booze, games. Food, food, games, booze. Yeah. I don't talk about alcohol that much on my Twitter. Uh, <laughs> it's definitely a lot of food for sure. <laughs> well, that's great. Well, if unless there's anything specific that you'd like to shout people out, we can jump into some of these questions. Uh, As if it weren't all questions already. Um, I mean, uh, you're not wrong. Um, I well, would say, you know, check out GGPR. You know, they have some people on there. Um, I haven't been able to check them all out myself. Um, but there's a wide variety of games on there. Like I said, you know, we have all the FPSs, the TPSs. Um, there's always also someone in there that is proficient in World of Warcraft. Um, there's a Hearthstone player. There's Overwatch, like I said. If you go to, gosh, I don't know the exact like link for like team, like Twitch teams, but I think it's like twitch.tv slash ESB. I'm going to actually check that right quick. Slash ESB. No. Um that if they want to follow GGPR Esports, uh, that is at GGPR Esports, just like it sounds. Mm -hmm. And you can find them. They're based in Kansas City here. Yes, please. Like, check them out, you know. Um, I'd also like to shout out another, I don't know if I'm allowed to actually do this, um, being on GGPR, but they follow each other, kind of. So uh, check out Kansas City Pioneers, another local esports coalition. Um, they're actually the ones that I've been watching play, you know, Cold War and Valorant. Um, they also have a really high stake in Halo. So please go check them out too. You know, I know we're like, quote unquote, competing esports teams maybe, but we're all Kansas City, so you know, stick together, do do that thing. Appreciate that. Yeah. Also, uh, shout out to Party Invite. <clears throat> check us out. Hey, that's us. Okay. Well, then, without any further ado, uh, I mean, the first question I had on here, you already answered. It was that, uh, what is your earliest gaming memory, and. Uh, I've heard you tell that story before that you were gaming since you were one years old, like one year old. Mm -hmm. and, man, that's pretty wild. It's nuts. Gaming taught me to read. Like, <laughs> yeah, it, it taught me to read. I learned to read from video games. I learned how to drive because of Mario Kart. Like when I first got into my car, I think I actually told the story, yeah. like on our second podcast. Yeah, I think so. Uh, my mom was like super surprised because I had like the basics down and everything. But uh, you know, thanks Mario Kart. Thank you Nintendo. <laughs> yeah. I learned how to drive a trailer because of Grand Theft Auto. My, my coworkers thought I was kidding, and I was like, it's the same physics. It's the <laughs> same thing. Um, do you have any favorite video game characters? I mean, Princess Peach. Princess oh, Peach you is like, like her? Yeah, she's like my all time. She's my all. Oh my God, I love her Bowser. so much. <laughs> no, thank you. No. <laughs> <laughs> Um, first of all, Bowser's not even real, uh, just to get that out there. <laughs> <laughs> and um, I do like the concept of Bowser that gives her the dark skin with the brown, with the red hair, because that's more akin to what Bowser would look like wearing the super crown after being turned into, you know, the et. You know what I mean? Um, a lot of people, the, the et. <laughs> uh, the other one is just, you know, Peach with Bowser horns. It's not really inspired or original. So kudos to the people that are drawing them like Bowser. Uh, but Princess Peach, to answer your question, is my favorite character. She embodies everything that I hope to be as a person. She is kind. She is compassionate. She is strong, deceptively so. She is just um, so talented. 
just as a person, you know. Yeah, she's a kind of a damsel in distress, quote unquote. But she has all of these sports. All of her citizens care about her as a person, and she's a benevolent ruler. And even though she gets kidnapped all the time, it doesn't like she's she's never like in any real trouble. She could always escape if she wanted to, which is shown uh, in a couple of video games, you know. And she's, she always has these communications. Go ahead. She's always in another castle. Wherever you think you're there, she's always in another one. <laughs> well, I mean, she has these trustworthy advisors that she knows she can take that you can take care of the castle. So it's it's fine. It's fine. You know, people make she's, fun of her all the time for being kidnapped, but you know, she's actually very smart, you know. She's like I just do it to be chased. She she's likes like, the attention, and who doesn't? I mean, that's thrills. totally me, right? That's my brand. <laughs> Honestly, I think, I mean, the original reason she gets kidnapped in the first place is because um, she has the power to stop the magic that transforms all of uh, the citizens into the bricks. You know, Bowser's trying to take over the kingdom, so he turns all the, all the citizens into bricks. And Peach is the only one who can dispel that magic. And that is the reason that she gets kidnapped originally. Um, so yeah, I think it would be perfect if they just got together. Because it's a marriage of two kingdoms, you know what I mean? You have the Mushroom Kingdom, and you have Bowser's Kingdom. And it's just like a, it's a political move. Also, he's like a smoking hot ginger. So, like, do it. <laughs> he, he was a little problematic in Odyssey, but I mean, it was like. Uh, yeah, I suppose. I suppose. <laughs> Which would you prefer, a computer RPG, a Japanese RPG, or Western RPG? So, when you say computer RPG, what do you mean by that? Like, the old, either text-based ones, or I would even say that uh, Disco Elysium is like a computer RPG. It is definitely a okay. computer RPG. Okay, yeah. Um, like, equip bees, etc., right? <laughs> yeah, more, uh, like, less about, like, any sort of moment-to-moment, uh, -moment, like, visible combat, like, action. Like, you might take action, like, if you were playing, um, like, the original Rogue game, or, like, an old text-based, like, a D&D-like um, okay. Your computer RPG. I feel you. I feel you. Um, I would say I really like Japanese RPGs. I know they can be a little bit sluggish and grindy, um, but they always just have these really vast, colorful worlds. Um, even though they're kind of tropey at times, but if you look at things like Genshin Impact, you see the impact (pun intended) that it's had, like on the community, like the gaming community as a whole. People are obsessed with this game, and it's not just because of the gotcha waifus or whatever. It's because it has an actual. Um, overarching, like, vast story. It has this really large world that's able to be explored just by all these different means of travel and everything, and I just love that. That's why I really like Breath of the Wild as well, because it captures that kind of JRPG element um, of just exploration and, and huge, huge story. Yeah, um, I, I would say I'm not a big fan of JRPGs, but Breath of the Wild like perfectly takes the the things I really do like about it and almost puts it into a sort of Western RPG. Like it's not truly Western, like a Skyrim or anything like that, but it gives that open world uh, aspect that makes it more accessible to somebody like me, uh, which yeah. is why I think it's had so much success. And I don't mean to discount Western RPGs at all because they do have the ability to tell a good story, but I feel like a lot of them are just kind of um, shoehorned into that, D, D sort of aspect you know none of them really take anything like any adventurous measures at all you know you yeah. think of a western rpg you think of a like a dude in knight in an armor riding a horse across everglen or whatever and like yeah. fighting the dragons 
You think of like the hot elven sorceress with the way too big boobs, you know, and no armor. It's it's all very just one dimensional to me. Um, yeah. That being said, yeah. Baldur's Gate Dark Alliance is one of my favorite PS2 games. So, very, you know, take that with a grain of salt. Did you try out the uh, the most recent demo? Did that game actually come out, or was it a beta? Almost. What are you talking about? Uh, the the newest Baldur's Three. Gate game. Baldur's, yeah, Baldur's Gate, Gate 3, Three uh, is in early access. Okay. And Act right. um, One. I have not tried it out. Act One is available, uh, and they just added a Druid class. Yeah, you you might check it out, Debbie. Uh, I, I watched a few people play it, and like that stuff's not really my cup of tea. That looks pretty good. Like, I like the character customization. It seems really robust, and you know that's the easiest way to sell me onto a game. <laughs> I would. Uh, I watched two different people play, and I actually thought they were playing different games because their characters were so different. Wow. I would. Yeah. Uh, I would suggest starting at Divinity Original Sin 2 because um, it's cheaper and it's incredible. Um, and that'll, like, once... By the time you're, like, finished with that, you'll be ready for Baldur's Gate 3, and hopefully that's done, you know? We just don't have a timetable for when that game is actually going to be out of early access and finished. Um, I mean, it's such a big RPG, though, too. You could probably spend a ton of hours just in that opening act and not... Uh, and still get a, a ton of joy out of it. And by the time you're finished with that act, the next piece is out, hopefully. Right. So. Right. Yeah. Uh, well, our next question is, Debbie, I've played Overwatch with you, so I know you play Symmetra, but damage, tank, or healer? Um. So I like characters that are kind of a mix of support and assault. Um, I tend to gravitate more towards um, assault so I'm gonna, I guess I'm going to say DPS, but um, Symmetra, since you brought her up, actually started out as a support character, but they realized that her damage dealing capabilities outweighed her support abilities. So they turned her into um, a damage character. Um, but I just like characters that can dish out the damage while also helping out their team. So um, in Overwatch, for instance, I play, I do play Symmetra. I play um, Baptiste as well, the combat medic. Um, in Rogue Company, I'll play characters like um, Saint, but um, also I, I, I like characters that open up possibilities for the team to capitalize on a weakness. So I'll play flankers and stuff. Um, in Splatoon, I'll use the ink brush. Um, so I'll flank the team and then you know create opening for my my teammates. Um, in Rogue Company, I'm a Lancer main, um, although I do dabble in Saint. So um, uh, Lancer of insane to that clip you showed the other day. Uh, was pretty good. <laughs> Where you oh, my Lancer clip? Yeah, you played as Lancer, and isn't her deal when you sprint, you can you can sprint silently, and you just sprinted all all the way around this chucklehead, just showed up behind him, and was just like, got you. <laughs> it's my favorite thing to do because they just they never see you coming, and I'm just like so satisfied that I'm able to just. Oh, you hacking? Blood out. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, DPS with a splash of support. Appreciate that. Uh, then the last question is, is there a specific video game really made you fall in love with gaming? Um, I do want to say, uh, since I was introduced to video games at a very young age, um, I have the privilege of being able to play all of these classics that people uh, nowadays can sometimes only experience through like emulators or virtual consoles or going into an arcade. Um, that specializes in those classic games. 
So um, I, I feel really grateful that I was able to fall in love with games at such a young age like that and carry that into um, almost a career, kind of. Um, I'm not quite there yet as a career person uh, with gaming, but it's definitely become a lifestyle that I can comfortably um, indulge in. Um, all that to say, I want to say Sonic 2, Sonic the Hedgehog 2 on the Sega Genesis probably was the game that jump-started like my real love of video games. Um, even though, excuse me, uh, frog on my throat. Even though I had, uh, you know, access to all these games early on, like Super Mario, um, Tech Mobile, all the NES games, um, and the Game Boy games and things like that, um, Sonic 2, with its just vibrant world and its music, its music, oh my gosh, Sonic music, is always astounding. Um, if there's anything they always get right, it's music. Sonic yeah. Forces is probably one of the worst games that we've had since Sonic, so si Sonic 06. But its music is banging, okay? It has such good music. They will never get that wrong, as far as I'm concerned. Um, but the level design in Sonic 2 is also really great because not only does it account for um, Sonic's just running, but it also accounts for Tails' flying as well. So it's just really cool how they were able to marry these level designs with the game mechanics in that fashion, which is something that I can only appreciate now as an adult. You know, as a kid, I was just like, will me go fast? Woohoo! <laughs> Cute little fox character. You know what I mean? Um, but it's just, it's it's crazy because I was, that was the first game, Sonic game, that I was able to collect all the emeralds in and, you know, expand to, like, the final boss and be, like, the super character and everything. And accomplishing that and watching that whole conflict unfold was just, to me. We are up in space. We are fighting people. I was just like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? <laughs> a kid this is crazy um and the special stage too is by far superior than sonic one's special stage which puts me to sleep so oh. there's that well shots fired <laughs> we'll get jabari on here we'll see if he has strong uh conflicting sonic opinions i don't know sonic uh, jabari doesn't even like sonic adventure 2 battle so i don't know invalid opinion <laughs> <laughs> that's even more shots fired <laughs> come, come at me bro i got you jabari <laughs> <laughs> Round one, fight. <laughs> well, great. Uh, well, okay. Well, Debbie, thanks for uh, thanks for letting us kind of take a deep dive into your background here. I mean, we have you on the show all the time, but uh, you know, I, I've had a couple people even ask me either on my stream or off stream um, about each of us, but usually people are most interested in you. Oh, Which, uh, thank you, gosh. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, yeah, this was a good time. Um, Debbie, do you want to tell everybody where they could find all of our party invite stuff? Uh, yes, that would be at linktr.ee slash a party invite. You can find us on um, all of your favorite platforms there. You can also find us on Anchor, and um, that's going to be mostly our podcast stuff. And yeah, you'll see us on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and YouTube. So please come check us out. Yeah. All right. Nice. All right, that's going to do it. We'll <laughs> see you guys next time. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Good talk. <laughs> Bye-bye. <laughs> Awkward bye. <laughs> That's my life story.